When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Monday here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, Chris Carter, Ray Fittipato talking at you here about the Pittsburgh Steelers and what should their plan at quarterback involve. The free agency is an option. Mason Rudolph returning is an option. The draft is an option. All these different paths will narrow down some options for you there, as well as talk as defensive draft prospects and what areas the Steelers should focus on. And if there's one position they, can, they need to hit on in free agency, what position do they need to get right all that here and more on the North Shore Drive podcast. Chris Carter, Ray Fittipato. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive podcast, a show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, hosted by Christopher Carter. Hello and welcome to the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with one of our great Steelers beat writers here at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, Ray Fittipato. As always, you can find the show every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoy it. Subscribe to this channel. Not to get just, not just, get just these episodes, but all the episodes that come out from all of our different sports writers here at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. A reminder, a reminder, the show is sponsored by the great Mike's Beer Bar, which you can go down to, down to North Shore. It's the best bar in Pittsburgh. They have over 20 televisions to enjoy whatever sports watching experience that you want to enjoy, as well as over 500 different available beers, 300 of those beers from the local area, and 80 of those local beers are available on tap. More on them later. A full disclosure here, we are recording this before the Super Bowl because uh, your guy right here, I have to get to Charlottesville with Noah Hiles because we got to get ready for some ACC basketball in our coverage. So we were not going to, I wasn't going to try to record Monday morning. So we're taking time off with Ray on Sunday before the Super Bowl, talking specifically about the Steelers. And Ray, one position that I think that in the draft, everyone's kind of focusing in all on center, on you know offensive tackle, on corner, and defense. We're going to focus on all those positions. But the one position that I think everyone's kind of just foregoing right now is quarterback. And I, I think it's because of the Steelers' peculiar situation. You have Kenny Pickett under contract. You have Mitch Trubisky under contract. I think everyone's expecting Trubisky to be let go. But there's so many different avenues that they could take to fill their three-quarterback roster spots next, next year. And that's what I want to explore with you here. Let's start with the most, I think, present one. I'm not sure if it's most important, but I'd say most present. Mason Rudolph, with the way that he's played, with everything that is lined up, do you see Mason Rudolph being a affordable, you know, re-inclusion into the Steelers' locker room? Or do you think that his play, have you heard anything that indicates that his play might have put him on the free agent market to be bought somewhere else? I haven't heard that, Chris. I, I think it's it's probably too early to gauge how other teams view guys like Mason Rudolph. He's not going to be, you know, a top-tier quarterback in free agency. Um, I know we talk about it all the time, but go back to last year. And, you know, 31 teams passed on signing him, and he came back, I think, the week of the draft in, in May and uh, re-up with the Steelers for the vet minimum. So, does three or four games change that? A little bit, but I, I don't know that it changes it 
all that much. In other words, I don't think he's going to break the bank um, in free agency. So to me, I think that could fit for, for the Steelers. <clears throat> However, does he fit Arthur Smith's offense? And I, I think that's a discussion worth having. Uh, you know, I, I don't know that Arthur Smith has a type, but right. if you look at the guys who have played for him when he's been an OC or a, or a head coach, they've been mobile. Um, it, it's Ryan Tannehill, it's Marcus Mariota, and it's uh, Desmond Ritter. You know, Taylor Heineke is probably the one guy you could probably compare to Mason Rudolph, but mm. you know, I don't want to speak for Arthur Smith, but it seems like maybe that um, you know he favors a guy who has a little bit more athleticism to his game. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens in free agency. But if I had to guess right now, I think Mason will probably be on another team. But I do think he played very well down the stretch. And um, it's through no, no fault of his own. I just don't know if he's a good fit for what the Steelers want to do moving forward with the new OC. And I think it's different because, you know, this is going to be a new offensive system, whereas like between Canada and Feekner, he experienced like all the stuff he knew. Uh, he knew what that, you know, he knew what that was, what to expect with the Steelers. And whereas I think Mason Rudolph, like if they can bring him back, it's a plus because that guy knows the team. They, the team likes him. The players like him. And like if Kenny Pickett stinks, you know, you could throw that guy in there and just be like, hey, run the offense do what you're supposed to do. And he's done it. And sure, he'll have some, some rough times here and there, but I think that, uh, um, I think that he would be a solid addition, but I, I think that allows us to look at what the rest of the field, if they weren't to bring back Mason Rudolph, who could they go get now? I'm going to, uh, you, you stop me if I'm, if you think I'm crazy here, right? I'm going to take off the more expensive free agent quarterback. Cause I don't think the Steelers are going to be big spenders like Kirk cousins. That guy's going to get a big contract probably to play somewhere. Baker Mayfield. He's probably going to get $25 plus million to play somewhere. I'm going to take those guys off the market. But one name that seems to rise above the others for obvious reasons is Ryan Tannehill, who I can see them sign, signing for you know five-ish million dollars a year. He's a guy that's played under uh, Arthur Smith, so he knows his system. He's a veteran quarterback, so you can expect that of him. But he's not that – he's like, at 35 years old, he's not – that athletic type anymore right so um you know you know he could probably do enough as a quarterback to kind of keep plays alive but uh I, I just i look at i look at hill and i look at guys other guys maybe like gardner Minshew, you know Kobe Brissett guys that are out there is, is there a free agent quarterback that piques your interest to say like hey this would be the primary guy to back up kenny pickett i think Tannehill is a no-brainer I, I think he knows smith's offense um I think he could be a good mentor for Kenny Pickett, mm. you know, having somebody who not only knows Arthur, but knows what's going on within that offense. He can kind of be a buffer, you know, between, between Smith and Kenny. So um, I know that's been speculated upon. We'll see if, um, if that's attractive to Tannehill, but to me, there's not a whole a lot of other options out there that, that are attractive. I mean, you mentioned Gardner Minshew. I mean, he's fine, but, does he fit Smith's offense? I, I don't yeah. exactly look at him as, you know, a guy who's going to run around and, and make plays either. So to me, Garner Minshew, Mason Rudolph, just keep Mason because he's, he knows your guys. Yeah. He's got relationships there. But if you're going to go in the direction where you want to, uh, you know, get somebody who's played in that offense, get somebody that Smith is, is comfortable with as a backup, then I think ob uh, obviously Tannehill, would be the choice here. So, um, 
if nobody if, else but Tannehill in free agency, um, that's that that would be my that would be my pick. Uh, so if uh, if you were, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put you in the GMC. You're Omar Khan or Andy Waddle. You're both Omar Khan, Andy, and Andy Waddle. You have the choice, straight up. Mason Rudolph, Ryan Tannehill, same asking price. Who do you pick? Yeah, I'd go Tannehill. Okay. Uh, yeah, just because uh, what we just talked about, you know, the familiarity with the offense, that uh, big brother type of relationship that can be had there with Kenny Pickett. That can be very helpful. Um, you know, deliver some new knowledge to him. Um, and let, let, let's just be frank, you know, change, change up the quarterback room. You know, it's been the same mm-hmm. now for a while, right? You know, Mitch didn't work out, but Mason's been here a while. So just maybe change for the make of, sake of making change and, you know, getting somebody in here who has that rapport and that relationship with, with Arthur Smith. And hey, this is a guy who's been a pro bowler. He's been able to, to he's been in the NFL for quite some time. He could, he can maybe help with that process. Ryan Tannehill, is he the move? We'll see how the Steelers continue their free agent path. But while we've talked a lot about offensive players, I want to talk about defensive players in this draft class, or at least the draft class specifically or as, as a whole, and how the Steelers could approach this draft class to address certain positions on their team. We'll talk about that on the other side of the break here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post Gazette, Chris Carter, Ray Fittipato. But first, I want to remind you, this show is brought to you by Mike's Beer Bar, the best bar in all of Pittsburgh. When you go to Mike's Beer Bar, they have over 20 televisions. It literally, if you want to watch anything from Duquesne women's basketball to the biggest to, to the Penguins, you can see it at Mike's Beer Bar. They will get it on a TV. You can even reserve a TV with your specific game in mind to watch that game, follow that game there. And while you're there, you're experiencing one of 500 different available beers. 300 of those beers are from the local area, and 80 of those local beers are available on tap. And they're always switching new ones in and out to get whatever flavors, styles of beers, types of beers, or even locations. They have it all there. Go to Mike's Beer Bar today. And while you're enjoying their beer selection, you can also enjoy amazing food like their Steak on a Stone, where they bring you a your choice cut of steak brought to you on a heated stone. And every time you cut off a piece, you press it into the stone and then you choose how well done you want every single bite. It's an amazing experience and it's the best bar in all of Pittsburgh. So go to Mike's Beer Bar and experience the best bar in Pittsburgh. And when you get there, tell them Chris sent you. Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast, Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, Chris Carter, Ray Fittipato. We talked a lot of quarterback. Let's talk about defense in in this draft class. And, Ray, you released your mock draft, your seven-round mock draft last week. Uh, Ryan and I kind of sit, kind of did dueling mock drafts along with yours to see, like, you know, just what positionally. And uh, a defense is a is a group that gets addressed in all of in all of our things. And with your in your draft, you picked you make sure the Steelers picked Jackson Powers Johnson in the first round center out of Oregon. But in your second and third round picks, you went defense. You, you know, a lot of people were wondering what about Dan Moore? What about offensive tackle? But you, in your second pick, you went uh, defensive end Darius Rob- Robinson of Missouri. Uh, and then in your third round pick, you went Mike uh, Sanristil of Michigan, a cornerback uh, who was very productive for them. And you know, I think is is an interesting piece there. And it kind of makes you wonder what do where does the Steelers attack defense in this round, like in this draft class? Is defense do you think still on the table for? being a first round pick this year, despite the obvious needs to improve the offensive line. Oh yeah. hundred percent, Chris. I mean, if you look at it, the Steelers haven't drafted a defender in the first round since Devin Bush in 2019. So it's, it's been a while. And when you look at just basic roster building tenets that most GMs have, I mean, you constantly want to be 
replenishing that talent, especially a team like the Steelers that is still built around um, its defense. So I, I wouldn't be surprised at all um, if I had to pick a position um, in the first round. It would be corner just because corner mm. is deeper than defensive tackle right now. And I don't know that the, you know, the, 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 the couple defensive tackles who might be first round considerations aren't really the flavor that the Steelers need or, or want right now. You know, they, they need more of a, a Cam Hayward type defensive end. And, you know, the guys who were mocked in the first round, Jerzon Newton, Byron Murphy, those guys are 6'1", 305 in that range. And those, they're, yeah. they're more interior guys, you know, um, three techniques as opposed to five techniques. So, mm-hmm. um, so, you know, I definitely think it's in play for the first round. And if I had to bet right now what position it would be, it would be corner. And I know people go back and look, oh, they they screwed that up with Artie Burns. Hey, listen, it's a whole new regime. Yes, it is. I mean, we could talk about just switching out Kevin Colbert for Con and Weidel, but basically the entire scouting staff has been overturned as well. So mm-hmm. you have new people scouting. I think we have to give them the benefit of the doubt. And, you know, I think if it's a corner, you got to trust them. And, uh, Chris, there's a plethora of good corners who are going to be available in the first couple of days. Uh, you know, you look at the some of the top 50 boards that are out there. Yeah. You, know, you have as many as eight to ten corners um, in that top 50. So, yeah, you can get one round one, but you could also probably get one in round two if you wanted to wait. And we've talked about some of those guys, like Cooper DeGene of, uh, of 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 Iowa, Nate Wiggins at Clemson, both the Alabama corners, Terry on Arnold and Kool Aid McKinstry, Kenyon Mitchell out of Toledo, uh, Ennis Rakestraw uh, also of Missouri, and Kamari Lasseter out of Georgia. Those guys alone are already like you said. That's a plethora of guys that you could pick from, and that could all kind of float around the first round. And that's it, 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 like that's what it felt like last year too. Like it seems like like you know for a long time people were saying, oh, there's, there's always great wide receivers in the draft. It seems like there's, there, it's cornerback is becoming one of those positions where, because of the importance of it in the in the game, there's so many better trained, great athletes that play cornerback in college football that you're getting a consistent push of really good classes from from that. And you know, sometimes it doesn't always happen. Sometimes you're going to get guys that'll you know go to the second or third round uh, and be those types of guys. But considering what the Steelers want to be, they want to be a dominant defense again, and. and I, th- I think corner has to be on the table absolutely uh, in that first round. And that's where you have to gauge, like, you know, where does that, where does that player's value, you know, best player available type of situation value versus getting the top center of Jackson Powers Johnson there. Or if you think that that guy, if you get, let's say Cooper DeGene is sitting there and him and Joy Porter Jr. could be your lockdown corners for the next eight to 10 years, that's hard to pass up because then you're that corner is such an important position into in today's NFL. It can open up so many other things and answer so many problems for the Steelers. But I, I want to take a step back to your point that you made. The Steelers have made uh, this is now what the fourth straight draft. The Steelers' first pick has been an offensive player, but that was also preceded by from Devin Bush to Terrell Edmonds to TJ Watt, Artie Burns, Bud Dupree, and Ryan Chazier and Jarvis Jones. That was like six or seven straight defensive picks. How much do you do you foresee that 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 pendulum changing soon to be more getting younger on the defensive side of the ball? You know, I mean, Chris, look at the age on defense. You got Cam Hayward's thirty-five, Larry Ogunjobi's thirty, TJ is nearing thirty, if not yep. if he hasn't already turned thirty. I think he'll be thirty um, at the start of the season. I think. Yeah, and even guys who 
may or may not be here, Patrick Peterson and, mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. So it is an older defense, but um, you also want to continue to build that that offense. And we all yeah. know that this, this regime likes to be big and physical and tough up front. And the offensive line is still an issue. I mean, you you, you cannot ignore that, Chris. I mean, it's not, um, you, can't. you know, it was, I think it was satisfactory in the second half of the season. You know, if I had to give them a grade for the entire season, it would be like a, a C or so. But you're not going to play the type of football that Andy Weidel and Omar Khan want to play with a C average, right? right. I mean, you want, you're going to want to develop that Philadelphia Eagles mentality where they just mm -hmm. beat people up up front. And I think yep. that's what the Steelers aspire to do as well. So um, I think offensive line, whether it's the first or second round, That'll be addressed in the first two days of the draft. Um, but I also feel pretty strongly that you don't want to age out on defense. And for this mm -hmm. reason, Chris, you don't know that Kenny Pickett or another quarterback is going to be able to uplift your offense. Right. Um, they kind of went through that with the transition after the Super Bowl, uh, after, you know, what they went to, what, three and six years, 05 to 10. Mm -hmm. Defense aged out, right? Yep. But Ben Roethlisberger was ready, and he ushered them into a new era of offensive football from mm -hmm. 2011 up through 2018 or so. Um, that's not on the horizon for, for this team. Right, so it's not. If you want to continue to build up around Kenny Pickett and do the best you can to ensure that he has success, then, yeah, they can go first-round offense, second-round offense. They, they could certainly do that again. Um, it's probably just the year where you pick the best player available mm -hmm. at a position of need, right? So offensive tackle, center, corner, maybe receiver if you really love a guy. I, I would say those four positions I think we could probably narrow it down to at this point. And then, of course, once free agency is over, we'll probably even have a better idea of which direction they might go. Absolutely. There's a lot of different directions. And, and we'll talk about free agency in a second here. But before we do that, I wanted to just with with you real quick about, you know, we talked about corner being the position defensive line, like you said, is a need. Cam Hayward, Joby, both in their 30s. You know, you don't know how much longer they have. Keanu Benton did make him an impressive progress, but you, you had DeMarvin Leal being a healthy scratch for a lot of the games at the end of the season. And that's an area where. To, in when the Steelers defense has been at its best, it's because of the defensive line is kicking a lot of butt. Um, this is not a defensive line draft class that is super powerful up top like cornerback is. Like cornerback, you could see six or seven first round picks. The there might there might be two defensive defensive linemen who who go in there. Jazan Newton out of Illinois is kind of like the universal top overall pick. But like you said, Byron Murphy out of Texas, Chris Jenkins, Chris Jenkins out of Michigan, Devondre Sweat out of Texas. Those guys kind of float around a little bit. And where where those kinds guys kind of get valued? Do the Steelers need to be careful about maybe overdrafting that position in a year where it's not deemed you know as strong of a draft class? Uh, yeah, I mean, you definitely don't want to reach any time, but especially in a year like this where it might be tempting to, to do that because you do know that there are so many immediate needs, um, you know, that you have on uh, within that position unit. So, um, yeah, it's a difficult thing. Maybe that's uh, an area that they address in free agency, Chris. I, I, I don't know. Um, uh, you know, we'll have to see how that goes in um, another month or so. We're actually, what, 
four weeks out from free agency. So it's, it's coming fast. Um, it's coming fast. March 15th, I think, or March 16th is the first day of the new league year. So that's right around the corner. But, um, yeah, it, it's not a great class up top. Um, I don't think it's a great class overall, even with the depth. You know, if you look at position rankings for this class, it's probably quarterback, offensive tackle, receiver, corner. You know, you're even getting into – off-ball linebackers and edge rushers before you even consider the, the the overall quality of this defensive tackle, defensive line class. So, um, yeah, this might actually be the perfect year to maybe make a little splash in free agency, see if you could upgrade there. And then, hey, if, if a guy is, that you love in the draft is there, you could take him, you could develop them, but you definitely want to have that backup as well. Absolutely. We'll talk about those free agent options here on the other side of the break of here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Chris Carter, Ray Fittipato, stick with us. We'll be right back. We're back here in the North Shore Drive podcast from Chris Chris Carter, Ray Fittipato of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Ray, um, we've been kind of teasing about the free agent options and we'll explore this a lot more when we get closer to actual free agency because there's going to be other cuts like the, the free agent free agency field is not complete right now like there's still cuts the Steelers have to make other teams have to make and there's always surprises about how the field improves there but my question to you is if there's one position that you think the Steelers need to get right in free agency above all else what is it right now yeah, I mean, Chris, we just mentioned defensive tackle. And, mm-hmm. you know, for me, it's either defensive tackle or if it's it's inside linebacker. Um, mm. It's unfortunate. I, I know you were at the final press conference for Tomlin. Didn't really give us an answer on Cole Holcomb. Didn't. You know, we don't really know what's going on there. Um, he was injured mid-November. Um, I think we would all agree that's more than a typical nine-month ACL injury that he had. I mean, that looked like um, – It looked rough. It looked rough. I don't want to say it looked like a catastrophic injury that you can't come back yet, but I don't think you're going to see a six- to nine-month recovery. So, for me, yeah, you could bring Claude Alexander back and you could pair him with the Landon Roberts. That that would be fine. But you probably have to add another guy, I would think, just to make sure that you're – that you have enough depth there. And – um no, it's not that there's, you know, a lack of depth of inside linebackers in this class. I think this inside linebackers class is maybe similar to last year. I just don't know if you can count on any of those guys to come in and have any kind of a significant role. I mean, it's such a hard position to scout. Um, sometimes guys don't work out. I love Devin Bush. Um, you know, I'm thinking last year's draft. Campbell was drafted, what, mid-second round. He had a good year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Drew Sanders was drafted well after that. I'm not sure if he had a great rookie year. You know, there were other guys who were maybe second, third, fourth round picks who were okay. But are you going to get like an impact player who can start for you? I, I doubt it. So, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, to me, it's defensive line or it's inside linebacker. And I'm probably leaning inside linebacker right now. So let's look at those two groups of, of players that we believe are, are headed to free agency unless they re-sign with their teams. There's obvious big-name big, big name guys that I don't think the Steelers have much of a chance at, like Chris Jones out of the Chiefs. He's going to get paid super dollars. You're not going to get him. Justin Matabuike of the Ravens, he's got he's going to get paid big dollars. He was just an all-pro player. Um, 
But then there's also Christian Wilkins of the Dolphins, another big guy, you know, guy that was played at Clemson. He's a big name for the Dolphins defense. Leonard Williams, another guy who used to be a top round pick. When you get those guys out of the way, you're talking about, you know, guys that could get super deals. When you have that many top heavy guys, it makes it so that, uh, you know, in my remembrance of how free agency works and how oftentimes that makes it so that you can get decent veterans for not too big pay whereas sometimes if that if the rest of if the decent veteran is the best of the free agent group sometimes that part that player gets a really big deal because someone just desperately needs to fill that position like defensive line or linebacker so uh, you know other guys on the defensive line side of things dj reader of the bengals you know he's a guy who uh you know he's he's about to hit 30 he could be a person of, of use on the defensive line um you know you got sheldon rankins of uh, of, the, of the Tekken texans he's a guy that you know maybe you could add him to the mix um and other guys like that but also at linebacker um linebacker like you said it's different because of its value in today's NFL. Um, but, you know, there's guys out there that the Steelers are familiar with, like Patrick Queen, who, you know, he's going to be hitting free agency from the Ravens. How much would he cost there to be to be one of your top guys? Because I, I agree with you, like, you could bring back Quan Alexander, but Quan Alexander came to the Steelers with injury concerns, and then he got injured last year and was out for the season. And I think the Steelers, like you said, even if they get Cole Holcomb back, you need linebackers who are going to stay healthy for the whole season. And whereas, like, I, I thought Quan Alexander played at a very high level. Uh, like, you know, when he was out on the field, he was an asset to the Steelers in so many ways. But when him and Cole Holcomb went down, you were they were put in a bind. And that defense kind of had to work a lot of magic to stay a top 10 defense in the NFL despite having practice squatters all over the place. So, you know, you could look at, like, Frank, Frank Luvu uh, out of the Panthers – um, you know, guys like that, you know, Devin White, uh, the other Devin that didn't work out of the of that 2019 draft class, you know, Josie Jewell uh, of the Broncos. There's guys out there, but I just I wonder how much of a splash the Steelers want to make uh, at at linebacker versus a defensive line position. Yeah, it's tough because, I mean, they'll have plenty of cap money to to spend, but they're not going to have like a, a hundred million right. to spend like some of these no. other teams out there. Um, you know, in the end, they'll probably have between 35 and 50 million, maybe 60 if they want to get real aggressive and, and make some cuts. Um, so, yeah, they could certainly land a starter in free agency, but those top four defensive tackles you mentioned, Chris, 20, 22 million dollar a year players. Right? Yeah, they, they can't afford that. The be, you know, Devin White is getting older, but Devin White's still going to command, I'm guessing, over 12 million dollars a year. Um, um, you know, something in that range. So, you know, you're probably would land the second tier. You know, DJ Reader would be okay. Sheldon Rankins. I mean, Rankins is getting older too. So, as you know, in free agency, there's um, it's why the Steelers are a draft and develop team. They don't want to be going after guys that you that they don't really have an intimate knowledge of, and they're older. So that's why they love to draft guys like Alex Highsmith and sign him to a second contract. They're in this position now, though, because Devin Bush didn't work out. They're in this position now because DeMarvin Leal didn't work out and because Stefan Tuitt retired early. So it's kind of a mess right now on the first two levels of the defense. But uh, I, I think we both agree, whether it's through draft capital or through free agency money, they have to spend some kind of capital to address those positions because you just can't go into the season um, in the state they were to end last season, situation yeah. that inside linebacker was what did what was a word Mike Tallman used dire. Yeah, um, 
yeah, I mean, it was just – it wasn't good. So, yeah, you have to backstop those units with some quality um, backups and or starters, and I think you're probably going to have to do that via free agency. I agree. It, it's, it's Something's going to have to happen there uh, to, to be aggressive in, in that – and listen, they – you know, Patrick Peterson wasn't a shutdown corner by any means, but he was an asset to the Steelers. Like he, he, you know, he helped them at safety at the end of the position at the end of the year. He was a mentor to Joey Porter Jr. The same way that you're kind of talking about Brian Tannehill being a mentor uh, to Kenny Pickett. Um, and uh, you know, I, I think that you found a, a use for them. Isaac Sayamalu was such a huge addition for them in in, in free agency. Um, I think that those are things the Steelers need to look at and say, hey, you know, who else can we bring in that won't break the bank? but could be solid additions for the team. And as uh, Jerry Dulak, I think, wrote for us, uh, you know, the Steelers can create cap space pretty quickly if they really wanted to uh, with the, with their roster right now. Like right now, I believe they're technically they're like $16 million over the cap. <laughs> but as soon as they cut Allen Robinson, Chuksakor for Mitch and, and Mitch Trubisky, uh, they could also throw in maybe even Patrick Peterson in that mix. Like you just so those four names alone, they all of a sudden have $12.5 million in cap space that they can use. And that's not including restructures to big name guys like TJ Watt, Cam Hayward, Minka Fitzpatrick. You know, do they what do they do with Deontay Johnson's contract? You know, do they extend him, you know, and, and spread out some of that money? Do they do the same thing with Alex Highsmith. You know, there's there's a lot of ways to expand up um, the uh, to expand to expand the space of money that they have to spend, and I think that'll be big because I think they need to get at least one good veteran uh, to add on defense somewhere, whether it's defensive line, linebacker. I also wouldn't rule out cornerback because <coughs> this could be an interesting group of corners to get. You know, there's again, there's going to be your top guys that, that that you're looking at at that position. Um, you know, Jalen Johnson is obviously going to be, you know, in that, in the, in that range. And again, those guys, Jalen Johnson, um, he's going to be expensive with Jerry Sneed might not be as expensive as Jalen Johnson. Um, but then after those guys, you know, a guy like Kendall Fuller from the commanders or Chidobi Awuzie out of, out, out from the Bengals, um, you know, those type of guys might be able to come in and be solid number twos, uh, with Joey Porter Jr., even if you end up drafting one of these top corners that you're talking about in the draft <coughs> class and giving you them giving them time to grow. But um, I, I do think the Steelers need to find some way to find at least one strong addition. Um, and it seems like I even maybe even on the defensive side of the ball, because uh, frankly, offensive line additions are are very expensive in free agency when you want to get guys like, uh, you know, if you wanted to replace Dan Moore at offensive tackles so that you didn't have to draft draft one, um, you could get like a Trent Brown from the Patriots, um, you know, maybe Mekhi Becton of, of the Jets. I don't know, you know, if, the, if those guys would get re-signed or anything like that. You could do that, but, you know, those are going to also cost money and it, it's going to be a tough situation to figure out. But I think starting it's going to be is, is going to be figuring out outside of the obvious names to get rid of on the roster. How else do they create the cap space to do that? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's going to be a busy offseason for Omar Khan. If we thought last year was busy, this year, just given the injuries that they suffered mm-hmm. midway through the season, it might even be busier, Chris. Absolutely. We'll keep you posted here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Chris Carter, Ray Fittipato. Ray, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you all for joining us here on the North Shore Drive podcast. We'll be back Wednesday. We're going to try to figure out how we're going to record this. I'm going to be in Charlottesville, Virginia, as Noah Hiles and I cover Pitt versus Virginia uh, this week in ACC basketball. Uh, that'll that'll be big, but we'll still try to get, we'll still get you our Wednesday episode here. Stay tuned for all your updates from Pittsburgh Sports and the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Remember, download this show on your favorite podcasting app or on YouTube. See you Wednesday here 
here on the North Shore Drive Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive Podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For all the sports coverage from the Post-Gazette that we have to offer, visit post-gazette.com. Thank you.